Welcome to Talk Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And this week we are breaking down season three, episode eight, The Widowmaker. The Widowmaker. Will it hold up? We're going to find out. But first, uh, let's catch up a little. Hi, Annie. How's it going? It's going good. You finally got the big C. <laughs> I got COVID. Yeah, Yay. I got COVID in Vermont. I got the Vermont artisanal small right. patch COVID. And yeah. who boy is myself and four of my friends Ugh. all got COVID. Right. Um, in the same the same time in the same place. So that, that fun disparage. music and comedy festival that you've been promoting on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> same place. I mean, I will say that like none, the COVID was not obtained at our shows um so that is good um (laughs) however uh yeah it sucked i had not a fun case of it too oh yeah you were saying it really kicked your ass yeah it was tough it's um the whole five day thing is cuckoo bananas like at five seven ten days i was still testing positive so like is the prevailing wisdom that if you're still testing positive you are still contagious they don't quite know um Mm. and believe me like when i was in this limbo i read every single (laughs) article i could get my hands on and journalist gets covid has no choice but to research in depth yeah and so they just don't know right now the official guidance is you need to stay home for five days between five and ten days you need to wear a mask if you go out and then after 10 days you're supposed to be good to go the problem is like i was still testing positive after 10 days so like it's a question mark as to whether or not you're still contagious at that point and the the last thing i wanted to do was to spread it to somebody so I maintained like my masking and my like, you know, not doing social stuff. So it's rough because it's a total wild west, even after folks do get sick. And like, what do you what do you do? Right. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. It this feels like season one and two of this podcast where we like spent half of our episode talking about COVID. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, yeah, it's, so much. it's unfortunate, but like nobody knows anything. Maybe there was something else you wanted to talk about. I launched right into that, and I, <laughs> I wanted yeah, to depress well, you that's by talking kind about. Of, I mean, that that, that has took been up a lot the of your bulk life. of the last three weeks or so of my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'll shift the conversation from COVID to something a little lighter. I I realized a couple episodes ago I talked about having gone to Austin. And, yes. and I, I buried the lead as it relates to things that listeners of this podcast might find interesting. There's really no story here. I just wanted to humble brag about the fact that I ended up sh- uh, sharing oxygen with Henry Winkler. Oh, in a, in a room. my gosh. And yes. I realized I should have said that. I should have mentioned um, I went to a uh, like a talkback session of the new season of Barry, which was about to launch. It was like a week away from their premiere. And I thought, oh, we're going to get a sneak peek of some, like, I thought maybe like, you know, sometimes they'll put eight minutes together of like the first episode or something and they'll show it yeah. to you. And then you'll do like a Q&A with some like random writer you've never heard of or whatever. And when I got there, it ended up being the full first episode of Barry um, in advance of anyone else seeing it. And a whole like uh, Q&A with like almost the entire cast minus Bill Hader. Oh, wow. So you like as a whole panel. And yeah. um, that's, that's amazing. So um, how was, how was it was episode? great. And, um, and for those of you who, who I don't know, maybe why you wouldn't know. But uh, in addition to being the Fonz, Henry Winkler was also the producer of all eight 
seasons of MacGyver. Um, and if you don't know that by this point in the podcast, like um, we we need to work on our clarity. Of- <laughs> it is a thing. People people have no idea that he produced that and are often surprised to see his name in the credits. I hadn't seen a lot of like interviews with him or anything like that and get, getting to see him like in front of a live audience. He was an absolute fucking delight as you might <laughs> expect. He was like giddy, like a, like a school child the whole time and um, just very warm and uh, and super, super grateful. And it was just very cute. And uh, I found him to be just charming and adorable. So well, that's yeah, good it, to hear. It wasn't, it wasn't the kind of situation where I could walk up to him afterwards and be like, hello, I have a MacGyver podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but I did enjoy very much getting to see him in, in, in person. And why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I'm just glad it's not, we don't have to like release an episode redacting every right. nice thing that we've ever said about him. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. like a, a cancellation. So uh, let's hope not. Uh, anyway, we should probably get into this episode we're about to break down here. The Widowmaker. Oh my goodness. Um, do you want to give us a one sentence summary from IMDb of this episode? Yeah, I would love to. And this one sentence summary is already making me angry as I pre-read it. Okay. Um, <laughs> MacGyver's best friend falls to her death while mountain climbing with him. MacGyver has no time to mourn when Murdoch shows up looking for revenge. Yeah. What were your thoughts? First thoughts about this episode. Okay. First thoughts. Best friend. <laughs> who is this person? I know. Like, truly, who is this person? Like, I understand MacGyver is friends with everybody. And yeah. we all know what it means when you are called a friend on this show, you are going to be killed. Friends are the adventures of life, Annie. Um, it's Mike, his longtime female friend who, you know, the three of them, the three musketeers, Mac and Jack Dalton and Mike, uh, uh, were inseparable. But you know, you know what I'm going to say, which is that this actor is a completely different actor than, yeah, were, of, than of played course, Mike. Of course. Of <laughs> yeah. course they are. I mean, she, of course. She's been like, recast. Yeah. So recast so why would you um why are you have that <laughs> recollection yeah. where is the the third uh musketeer on this one <laughs> like that's a question that i have um and now this poor woman is dead i just um yeah i don't know so i take issue with like like her being elevated to best friend status but of course it's macgyver it it's gonna happen um the scene was scary and the whole Mm -hmm. like opening of this episode was probably the scariest episode of macgyver i have seen thus far i i thought it was incredibly successful at creating like suspense i was you know like it was a cliffhanger literally (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, cliffhanger, literally, um, they do call back to that later. And Mm -hmm. I mean, dear God, those opening shots of Murdoch were creepy as hell. What did you think of the like reintroduction of Murdoch in this episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about like when we first see him breaking into MacGyver's apartment. When you first see him, you know, and for for those who haven't seen the episode, I don't know why you're listening to this, but if you, (laughs) you should watch it. Yeah. You know, essentially, Murdoch, we find out, spoiler, Murdoch is not dead. Did any of us think he was dead in the first place? <laughs> not a chance. Yeah. Yes, we saw an explosion, but there was no, until we see a body, mm. we do not believe Murdoch is dead at any point in time. Right. Um, he shows up to MacGyver's house and, yep. you know, breaks in and it's super so th- creepy. This is the part you found scary. 
This is the part I found scary. I thought it was really creepy and really effective how mm. they sort of teased him. I was getting real Freddy Krueger vibes yeah. from this. I yeah. was like, okay, they are just uh, blatantly kind yeah. of, you know, playing into like this 80s horror movie vibe. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, we of course, very... the 80s had, yeah, incredible horror movies that we've all seen a million times. Mm. Um, and I think the Nightmare on Elm Street vibe was strong in this scene. Yeah, because we get, like, the burned face, but in the shadow, uh, mm-hmm. kind of moving around someone else's, you know, someone else's house when they're not there. Very creepy. Um, and the only thing that that gives it away that it's not a, that it's a, you know, a primetime family show and not a horror movie is that he is sort of narrating the entire time as he's going through and finding things at MacGyver's he's like saying little quips to himself or like um, very very goofy and like very campy as we've seen from Murdoch in the past like he's overly theatrical he's really campy he's got like a a really specific kind of flair and a presence Um, and so like he's gonna be a goofy villain with a lot of pizzazz we actually see uh, a flashback to the the last episode right, right. Um, and we see like his uh, disguise where he dresses up as a woman and it's just he, <laughs> he is a villain who's going to, you know, do something theatrical um, case in point. You know, he shows up to MacGyver's place. MacGyver is not there because after the death of his friend, he's holed up in Pete's cabin in the woods, which like, yeah. why does Pete of all people have a cabin? Like, I want to see Pete try to build a fire. Let's yeah. <laughs> that's first of all. Secondly, you know, like this is how we know this is still like cheesy, you know, primetime TV. Murdoch right. has a blowtorch that he is going <laughs> to use not to burn anything down, not to to hurt anyone, but to carve a message in the wall and then take <laughs> two Polaroids of it yep. uh, to scare MacGyver. And, and that is, you know, again, flair for the theatric. Oh, I love that. The whole moment when he's like, not only does he write, he burn R.I.P. MacGyver over MacGyver's mantle, he takes two Polaroids of it um, and drops one in the apartment as if you can't see it on the wall. We need photographic evidence of it. And then he takes one with him so he can hang it in the cabin, you know, to sort of spook MacGyver. Um, but that le- le- that lets Pete, when he goes to MacGyver's house looking for him, know um, oh, it's it's Murdoch because Murdoch is the one who leaves the Polaroid calling card, I guess. Um, yeah, that was news to me. Yeah. That was literally the first time hearing of this. Although I will say to Murdoch's credit, like having something creepy and then a Polaroid of that creepy thing is objectively weird yeah. and scary. So yeah. like, all right, I'll, I'm going to give him this one. But I do want to highlight one part of this scene, which I loved. He looks around for approximately 10 seconds <laughs> and is able to figure out where MacGyver is because there is so much identifying detail right. just laying around the apartment. Yeah. Uh, you know, specifically the the general store that's closest to Pete's cabin is right. li- printed, the uh, phone number and the address <laughs> is like printed right there yep. as a an answering machine messages are playing, filling in all of the holes that Murdoch <laughs> might have of where MacGyver is. There's, yeah, yeah. you know, messages from Nikki, messages from Pete, everyone's exposition explaining, right. hey, we know you're getting over the death of your friend, but you have to come back to work. Are yeah. you still up at the cabin? Right. Like, it's just, 
like you know yep, yep. A typical macgyver but i love it i will take it over an info dump from pete at the top of the episode i would take but it sort of you know, still was because pete it, oh, I know was, was leaving the message <laughs> that's true you know you're right it, we still had pete because pete that's whole pete's whole job in the show but it was like yeah let's get the art department and the sound department and everybody involved in like dumping a bunch of info out here so we don't have to just have pete come in and explain it to the audience yeah. like a dum-dum and i love a you know any kind of creative use of sound so like yeah. i i was loving the answer answering machine as exposition it kind of worked and the one more thing i want to highlight of like murdoch just being a fucking weirdo (laughs) is when instead of just picking up the piece of paper that has all of the identifying information of MacGyver's location. He has a knife on him, of course, and he stabs the piece of paper and uses the knife to pick it up. Yeah. It's just, he's got to do it in the creepiest way possible. I love it. When I, I mean, I think back a lot to Mac- Murdoch was one of my favorite characters when I was a kid and I, I did not really find him scary. I think because he was so theatrical that I mm-hmm. understood that it, I, I didn't know what camp was at the time, but I think I understood that it was fun and theatrical and, um, and, and it, it was sort of cool. Like it was the, the way that he operated was kind of like, like just so unpredictable and wild. And then you have these sort of eighties things that were like, I mean, th- was there anything cooler in the eighties than someone who carried a butterfly switchblade knife, you know, that I mean, <laughs> exactly <laughs> because like you, you got to hand it to Murdoch, like, it is more fun to watch him than any of yeah. the other like faceless goons that sure. are mob adjacent yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, vaguely Eastern European yeah, like military villains. Yeah. Like yeah. none of that has the same, yeah. you know, feel as Murdoch, who is like objectively like more fun to he's watch. He's just a dangerous so, stalker is what he is, you know? He's and, yeah. a total freak. Yeah. I mean, he is a freak and... You know, he he's creative with his weapons. He's yeah. not just coming in with a gun. He has something insane right. to bring well, to the, the table. Well, the other thing that's cooler than a switchblade uh, when you're a kid is a fucking flamethrower. Um, so having yeah. like a full backpack flamethrower he's lighting the cabin on fire with uh, was just Which was great. like, it was given, I mean, the whole thing, it just felt like so of the moment because yeah. it kind of was Ghostbusters-esque. Sure, the back- it was also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, the the Friday the 13th stuff and and yeah it's it was really fun to watch him you know he's coming in with a blowtorch a switchblade a flamethrower like these are the things he's he's using to try to yeah yeah, create something that's like gonna be really terrifying and not just you know showing up with a gun and saying all right I'm gonna shoot you MacGyver you know yeah and I I loved all of that I loved um you know, even I mean, I also love the fact that both in the in the message he burns on the wall and in the t- bye bye time to fry the uh, like I, note I that's on the windshield, <laughs> he turns. So if you haven't seen the episode, uh, MacGyver turns on a truck that's booby trapped, and then the wiper goes in front of him, and there's a note attached to it that says bye bye time to fry. And in both cases, the handwriting looks like a seventh grader's. <laughs> it's just yes. very like crudely drawn. Um, uh, it doesn't look like that professional kind of like art department kind of, it really looks like a psych- psychopath wrote it. Um, but I just, I love that sort of handmade kind of like kind of the uh, field. This yeah, whole no, it felt like a, uh, like a teenage version yeah, of right. like what, you know, what a villain would be, which I yeah. sort of, I sort of love. And so, you know, Murdoch of course follows MacGyver up to the cabin simultaneously Nikki who is back whether yep. we like it or not um 
shows up to essentially tell MacGyver, you got to come home. This is right. after a failed attempt by Pete to yep. show up and wear an insane jacket uh, and also try to get MacGyver to come home. So uh, I will say we do have to talk about this every time Nikki appears. I liked Nikki in this episode sure. much more yes. than I had uh, in previous. It's been so. two episodes since we've seen her. And, and in the previous episode, all we talked about was how she had gone from being super capable to being super yeah. incapable. And now she's got some some capabilities again. It's mostly She's mostly there for like emotional support. Right. Um, she is still like totally flabbergasted by the fact that her car won't start and thank god murdoch is there to pretend to be a hick that can help um so she still needs to be kind of rescued and stuff but and at the end she has like very little you know it's suddenly macgyver goes from not knowing anything about rock climbing to being her mentor as she's freaking out on the mountain um but she was at least like not a total idiot in this one um yeah. No, and I do like that they they slotted her like, yes, they had some chemistry and they had a little bit of like kind of flirtation, but mm-hmm. like she was, you know, a, a friend in this episode, yeah. which I like way more than when MacGyver goes into creep mode and he's like yeah. hitting on someone simultaneously right. while saving them. Um, so Yeah, and this is maybe, uh, this might have been the first uh, uh, instance we've seen of MacGyver being like really pursued by someone he's not interested in, mm-hmm. um, which is happens at the top of the episode. We didn't talk much about this sort of like, I, I thought when you said I was scared at the beginning, I thought you meant the actual like rock climbing thing where, cause MacGyver is like really hanging on the edge of a cliff and his yeah. friend Mike is like helping him, uh, you know, find the foothold and all that. Um, and it wasn't a, like a really effective, I mean, it's obviously like close ups of MacGyver on a small ledge, very wide shots of professional climbers on a very large mm-hmm. mountain back and forth between those two angles. But I thought it was pretty, like pretty successful and, pretty like like uh suspenseful um but then like very quickly after that whole th- the danger passes they're sitting on the edge of this ledge three thousand feet in the air eating lunch and she's like chose that moment to tell him i'm madly in love with you <laughs> i don't want to be Which your friend we could have told you uh <laughs> during hellfire <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hellfire was she in hellfire was it what's what's the episode? Uh, I think that it's, they... uh, is it like Jack in the Box or Jack of Lies or one of those Jacks? Um, but it's like the one where they break into the monastery. I think maybe it's the first time we meet Jack Dalton because like there's the plane that's hidden and there's the monastery. Oh, they break okay, into and... okay, okay, okay. I had her confused with the wife. Yeah, in that the Hellfire <laughs> duo. Yeah, that's the who oil I had rig her one. Yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oil rig yep. um, best friend. Although I think that woman does come back as another character, doesn't she? <laughs> the, I'm the, like, so hot tired. Blonde in the jeans. I, <laughs> I'm so tired. I can't keep up. Um, but anyway, I just found that like to be. Uh, I mean, it was sad and pathetic to watch her like throw herself at MacGyver and then have him just stare into the middle distance and be like, "I don't. I'm. I'm your best friend. I don't." I mean, the minute she professes her love for him and they're on the edge of a 3,000 foot drop, you know she's going to die, <laughs> you know? Right. Because like, you don't come back from that. No. You don't uh, profess your love to MacGyver and, yeah. and stay buds. You but know? I did um, appreciate that, like, I thought the episode was written fairly well. Like, we had this beginning thing. We set up this thing. He really, it makes sense why MacGyver would blame himself for her, like, getting yes. all emotional and then falling and dying. And then, you know, you know, obviously it's hard to watch him. Like there's no real effective way to play pouty guy who doesn't, who who's at a cabin by himself mourning the loss of his friend. Like it just comes across as kind of like impetuous and pouty and teenage, like leave me alone. Um, 
but it does, especially know. his choice to skip the funeral um, right. because yeah. he's like too sad. I'm just like, like you're come 40. On. Come on. <laughs> Suck it up. Like, yeah. let's, let's um, show up to the thing. Yeah. Um, but then so, it comes back yeah. around. We got Murdoch in the mix and then it comes back around. And they have to climb a mountain again, this time with a different woman. And like, he's flashing back to what happened. And like, he, he makes, he makes progress and gets back to who he really truly is. And like, there's a good arc there in the episode. I thought that we don't always see, you know? Yeah, like he's he is able to kind of like come back um, back to his old self to kind of like rise to the occasion and, you know, uh, be able to save another woman, similar circumstance. So like, yeah, he does have some growth. But I mean, Murdoch is obviously the absolute highlight. And I, I don't think that like we know that Murdoch comes back over and over and the whole gag ends up being that we think he's dead and then he comes back. But I don't think that was intended. I think he was cast on that first episode and they like, like sort of fake killed him. And then they were like, this guy was fun. Let's bring him back. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think they, it was in the, an in the moment thing. And like, I will say like, you know, uh, jumping forward, you know, they do a lot of cat and mouse with Murdoch through this entire episode. Mm. Um, and eventually they're on the mountainside and Murdoch swings (laughs) in, uh, (laughs) with multiple weapons. Um, I believe he like, says, what does he say? Mind if I drop in? <laughs> yeah, mind if I drop in and swings yeah. on a rope. It's like it, it's, just a just fun. It's like just fun so to funny. watch. Yeah. <laughs> um and you know, he he winds up falling to what we assume is his death. And I, I will say that like that would have worked on me. If I had been watching this live, I would have been like, Okay, he's dead. Yeah, you know? Right, right. And I think the reason why it's it's not I'm not convinced this time around is a we like know that this guy comes back but b like we still don't have a sense like you and I having watched so many episodes of this at this point like would MacGyver really kill somebody you know well they did they made absolutely sure to do the like MacGyver didn't push him like he cut his own rope by accident right yes but you know MacGyver helps you know he like throws the dust in his face to try to confuse him (laughs) but like you know at the end of the day like is macgyver really gonna slice somebody's rope so they fall to their death like i don't think so right yeah that i mean that moment was my favorite when he's just like mind if i drop in and he just swings in it's so out of nowhere um i just i loved it his look was incredible (laughs) in this episode he just had this bleach blonde hair he was you know in multiple costumes um he's got the burned face from the last accident um so like (laughs) yeah freak uh, completely yeah you know i love them blowing up burning the house and blowing up the truck and like uh, all the booby traps and the scaling the telephone pole bit was so fun because like the old man at the general store, which by the way, every general store scene in this hat is, is stuck in 1950. Like it's just an I old know, man I and know. he's like fucking pulling like tins of flour off the wall yeah. um, and knows everything about what happens in the town and happens to be not only on the phone when MacGyver is tapping SOS into the wire, but he is a former Navy SOS signal signalman, whatever. <laughs> like happens to have yeah, all the I don't I don't understand the issue Nathan yeah, like what knows how Morse is code. that not feasible to you <laughs> uh, loved that little bit um, loved how much rope that, that he happened to have of Mike's at the end of the episode enough to make yeah. two and makeshift harnesses and all this rope was like there's a lot of red rope there yeah I'm gonna tell you one thing if I'm Nikki I am not sliding into a no way. homemade harness um, <laughs> that is not a thing that's happening I'm waiting yeah. for the helicopter yeah, like I, I, I did not love 
the whole like that's that was a fun little cute bit at the end where he was like, "You're gonna stay here overnight." Then I hundred uh, percent would have just sat on that ledge overnight. Yeah, I know uh, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, I don't know why I feel the need to call this out, but it's just that they deadpanned it two different times. They said the word broomstick crack as the name of a, a, a mountain. And I was like, that's hilarious to me. It sounds like a butt crack. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like what it, uh, an adult would call like a street drug <laughs> yeah, uh, by right. a name Broomstick that like crack. children would never use. <laughs> I'm sure I'm just like, I don't, I'm not a mountain climber. And if I was, maybe I'd know, oh yeah, mountains have these like slang names. And I just thought it was funny. Um, anything else before we score this episode? Oh um, God. I, yeah. I mean, I just loved like, the moment when Murdoch shows up with the flamethrower mm. and then MacGyver uses like a mattress to, um, yeah. to, to like block, <laughs> block the it. door and you get to see a mattress burn, which is <laughs> like objectively cool. Yeah. And then of course MacGyver just runs away, which is what his yeah. main thing is. Right. But yeah, really, really fun episode. A lot of, um, it's it not so sciencey, not mm-hmm. so like mechanical in this episode. More right. just like survivalist totally, shit. Totally, yeah. Um, yep. Fun lines too. A lot of fun lines. There's yes. the rep- rep- repetition of the line. It's not the fall that kills you. It's the sudden stop at the end. Uh, it's the, uh, the the repetition of the line. The funny thing about running is you always end up taking yourself with you. They really oh, loved. Pete, they really patting themselves Christ. in the back for that yeah. line. I also like. I love all of uh, Mur- Murdoch's like puns. Like he's he's yelling like MacGyver, you're about to. Be disconnected and then he and then he runs after him. it's so stupid um there's in when he's in the when he's in macgyver's house listening to the answering machine message someone's like hey sorry i missed you and he's like he says to himself like but i only miss once <laughs> i think that's maybe where he stabs yes, the note that no i <laughs> love great. that and i love that he uh smashes a photo of macgyver yeah. while he's there as yeah. well which feels so unnecessary i just i it's real stalker behavior it's real like he is in love with macgyver yeah, and also it wants to kill him. It reminded me also of like The Bodyguard. I don't know if you've seen that movie. <laughs> Not like, for a while. Just, oh my God. It just, yeah, had like home invasion, yeah. like, you know, stalkery um, yeah. vibes, which, you know, again, it's like all of the 80s movies. Well, all are that just... like hand that rocks the cradle, sleeping with the yeah, enemy the kind other, of like early 90s movie. stuff. Like thinking, we were yeah. really, we were really worried about like the threat comes from within kind of thing, you know? I think home invasion is like a big, A, it's a big fear. Cape like fear, yeah. a lot of people will report that that's like a big fear that sure. they have is home invasion stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just really ripe for like any kind of suspense, horror, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. Shit. Uh, even though we knew MacGyver wasn't there, so there was no real danger. Uh. But I just love that uh, basically what Murdoch does is he proves he could get yes. into MacGyver's right. house, which is essentially like what he's trying to right. do. Right. It's a power thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why he, I mean, why else would he spend? It, it is funny. The timing of Nikki shows up at the cabin, walks down to the dock, finds MacGyver all sad. And then uh, what we're meant to believe is that within the ensuing seven minute discussion, Murdoch booby traps the truck, sets a bunch of landmines, hangs a bunch of photos in the cabin, 
gets his gets his flamethrower ready like you know what i mean that gets a lot i just really (laughs) love that he's he's sprinkling in decorating right like it's like he's doing the booby trapping but then he's also like let me add some finishing touches (laughs) just hang a little fly paper with like some polaroids stuck to it yeah i love it uh well we've we've talked quite a bit about this episode um we should score it on on a scale of one to ten how are we feeling about this how are we feeling about this episode I'm giving it a nine. I yeah. loved it. I I love this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes of this show that I have seen so far. Awesome. 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 Um, I was similar. I, I was thinking back to the first couple of episodes we watched and we were kind of hovering around the 7.5 kind of area for the first couple of episodes. And I was like, I think this is to me a little better. It's not like mm-hmm. so much better that I want to go all the way uh, to 10, but I, I'm gonna, I was going to give it an eight. So... I give it okay. an eight. You give it a nine. Yeah, uh, this is not the first time this has happened this season. We had uh, during Ghost Ship, you gave it a nine and I give it a four. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this is like not typical this season of. No, it's not. I, I believe I'm enjoying season three. Yeah. much more Good. than um, <laughs> previous seasons, and yeah. I think that they are sort of like hitting their stride a little bit. Yeah. I'm loving kind of what they're doing with some of these recurring characters. I'm starting to see some semblance of a narrative (laughs) that's building, uh, which is, you know, as we've discussed at length, Mm. you know, season one and season two, it just felt like you were watching like a serial, just, you know, like different show every play, week. whatever yeah. episode it does not matter you know what you're coming into whereas this we're we're building a little bit which i like yeah i have to imagine that not only do they kind of know a little bit more what they're doing now but that they because they have more resources then maybe they have like a, a bigger writing staff or something like it did feel like the first couple of seasons felt to me like oh fuck we got to do 22 episodes of this like yeah. in a year it's it, the production schedule had to be like insane for a small budget new show um, and maybe they just finally have the resources to be able to crank out enough scripts and enough like a big enough production team and enough money now that they're like starting to hit their stride, stride a little more yeah that is what I suspect I think like I can see that there are more resources although a few episodes ago we did see uh more found footage um, yeah. come back <laughs> right, we had top gun yeah <laughs> but you know um but we are we are seeing evidence that like they have more resources they're shooting in vancouver which i assume like Saved them gives them access to different things so right. um so yeah, yeah it's cool. overall the quality is on the upswing totally and i'm looking forward to continuing here um all right i guess that's it um for this episode anything to plug annie oh people can follow me on social media at annie m russell on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, you can find out what I'm up to and where I'm doing stand-up comedy there. Cool. And you can find me if you Google me. (laughs) Or you can listen to my other podcast, The Corporation, which I have taken a break from, but I'm trying to bring back. Uh, It's a lot to run a couple of podcasts in in an entire comedy club all at once, I found. (laughs) Uh, But we're getting there. Um, uh, All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and all our socials. It's all at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out on Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime or even Pluto TV. Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 9, Hell Week. Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends are the adventures of life. Good night. <laughs>